I'm Alexa Wybranek. You are listening to... My name is Alicia Vozza. Join us as we go behind the scenes. Uh, my name is Paige McClanahan. Storytelling and social media. Learn every day something new. Super interesting, super challenging. And that kind of spot-on messaging is crucial. Communication and development practitioners, we can work more and more together. You are listening to Communication for Development Podcast. Hi. I'm Alexa Wybranek, a writer, editor, and lifelong learner. Welcome to Communication for Development, a podcast by the ITC ILO. When I started my first development job at the age of 25, I had so many questions, but I felt like I was overloaded with information and I couldn't make sense of it all. So now I'm here with my whole team of media professionals to find answers and explore topics that matter in communications today. We talk to experts on subjects like project planning, storytelling, and social media. Join us as we go behind the scenes, get insider information, and learn what drives and inspires some of our favorite C4D projects today. Let's get started. Today, I'm talking to Jean-René Bilongo. Jean-René is the executive coordinator of the Placido Rizzotto Observatory, a research center based in Rome. Originally from Cameroon, he has lived in Italy since 2000 and works against organized crime in the agro-food chain. He was an integral part of the ITC-ILO Dignita in Campo project and the Related Communication Campaign. Welcome to the podcast, Jean-René. Thank you for making the time to talk to me today. So I would like to start with one thought-provoking question. Where is home for you? Uh, my home is here in Italy. But at the same time, whenever I go home, I feel at home. My home country is Cameroon in Central Africa. I was born in Cameroon and I came to Italy about 22 years back. And what do you like to do in your spare time? I read so much and uh, I also watch documentaries on TV. You are originally from Cameroon, like you just said. Uh, so when did you come to Italy and why? I came in Italy 22 years back in search of better life. So I walk into the country as a migrant and uh, I leave my condition as a migrant in search of a better life. Even though today I have huge responsibilities in terms of uh, tackling the issues of uh, exploitative labor and uh, the informal labor brokering in agriculture especially. When you first came to Italy, what was your first job? Obviously my first job in Italy was in the farms. So I was a fruit and tomatoes uh, picker. Uh, those days, for years, I was an undocumented migrant and I had to survive by doing all the job. So today you work for the Italian Trade Union for Agricultural Workers, is that correct? Yeah, I work for the Federation of, the largest Federation of Agri-Food Workers in Italy. That is FLAI, F-L-A-I, that's our federation that is affiliated to CGI, the largest uh, 
lab configuration in Italy and across Europe as well. So how did you get started with the trade union? I mean, how did you go from being a worker in a farm to working for the trade union? Yeah, um, the more you, you battle in the field for your rights, the more you need support from big organizations. And as a worker, obviously, uh, my, my, my natural destination in, in, in this case was the labor union. So, I I used to go to the labor union as a um, uh, worker myself. Then we started a collaboration, a volunteer collaboration that lasted for years. Now about uh, for about eleven years, I was just an activist on the field, and later on I was offered an, an opportunity to 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 join the union as staff member at the local level. Then gradually, gradually, I I. I moved to, to the national level and now I'm the head of the Migrants Affairs and Inclusiveness Department of LIE. And when you say that you did like activist, um, I guess, actions in, in the field, what did that look like? What were you doing? That means being an activist on the field means um, uh, trying as much as possible to look for ways and opportunities of uh, rescuing those in state of need, the victims of exploitation. Uh, it means supporting migrants in the, in the attempts to get, uh, for instance, a residence permit or legal contract. Uh, that means uh, fighting together with them to get uh, better wages. It means uh, fighting on a daily basis for a more inclusive society as a whole. Yeah, that, that, that's the meaning. So you're not only an activist, but also a journalist and an author. Yeah, I wrote for, for, for some years as a columnist for very important Italian dailies. And from time to time, I, I write papers for, for books, chapters. I co-author books. Yeah, and the very last one is on this issue of uh, exploitative labor. How would you say that your activism has informed your writing? No, we, we try to keep things together, you know. We try to keep all our commitments together. Uh, but, I mean, the most relevant challenge I, on a personal basis, I've been uh, facing and for, for, for the past 20 years is that of uh, improving the people's condition. And, uh, well, I believe that uh, we, 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 we have achieved important, important results. One of, the, one of the hugest challenges we have with workers is that of loneliness. You know? They normally feel alone in their conditions, in their very cloudy and miserable conditions. And bringing the union from the offices, from the various desks to the field, I believe that is a very huge achievement. At the same time, we we, we, we have been battling for the past uh, the past 12 years and uh, we have a very good um, uh, law scheme in Italy against uh, exploitative labor in agriculture, not in agriculture, in general. It, it is against exploitative labor and, and illegal labor brokering. I think these are great and wonderful achievements we should be proud of. I mean, 
what you were talking about, like going into the fields and talking to people directly instead of, you know, having them come to an office or something, it's a really hard thing to do, or at least it can be very difficult. I mean, how do you establish trust with people who are basically strangers to you? I think this is a, a, a challenge, you know, and it depends on our states of mind. From the moment we 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 are convinced that uh, we have to go to people, you know, we have to interact with people, regardless of their conditions, regardless of their origin, regardless of their religion or their legal status. You now, once we we once we we accept doing that then it becomes very, very easy to get in touch with them. Going on the field means, for us, means uh, uh, being out at down and at sunset at the same time. It means being with people on Saturday and Sundays. It means going to the temples, the mosques, and the churches. You know? It means going to the markets, the place where people meet together, so you can talk to them and you can get contact with them. The next step is that of directing them to the, to the office, our offices. We have offices. All over, all over the country, we have offices as well abroad, you know, in the countries of uh, origin, origin of the largest communities of migrants in, 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 in the agri-food sector in Italy. Well, that is exactly what it means. Our program is in Italian, in Italian it's called Sindacato di Strada. In, it, in, in English, we can call it um, Union at, at Corner. That means every worker should be able to, to just raise his eyes and be able to get in touch with the union within very short time. No, no need of riding a bicycle or taking a bus and going far. I think the union has to go to people wherever they are. We are talking, first of all, of people you know, and not only workers. We defined your story as the story of a change maker. What should we keep in mind when we are trying to improve uh, a difficult situation or solve a problem? Well, I believe in face of a very difficult situation, we have to look at the whole conditions and the whole picture. You now, and from that general picture, you now uh, ask ourselves: How can we contribute in improving the conditions in terms of? Uh, welfare of people or rights people's rights well from the from the moment you have a general picture a very detailed picture and you know where you can you can impact uh, in terms of improvement then the next step is to go on the field and try to implement what your conventions uh, uh, direct you to and from that moment from one thing comes after the other then the result will follow gradually but uh, what I know is that it needs perseverance yeah it needs we have to be very very patient do you think that it's possible for a person to understand a problem without really going to the place talking to those people in person and spending time with them yeah you know all today we have the, the social media even if they don't go to the field no, they can understand what goes on the field you know 
we 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 have we we all we always uh, mount about the conditions of the world to encounters for instance we, we we are not on the field but we see what goes on on the field we can imagine what goes on the field we have the pictures of what goes on the field and from that from those pictures those images we 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 we, we our reaction we have we react to those to those situations and it is exactly the same you know where if there are conditions, the conditions allow people to go on the field. Yes, of course they are welcome on the field. But as they cannot all come on the field to the field, well, we have these uh, channels, these uh, social media, for instance, that can contribute. We have the papers as well. We have the mainstream media. I don't know everything about Capo Alato and. Um everything that happens on the field but uh, we are working on a project right now about child labor and it's it's really difficult <laughs> it is it is not a fun topic um, and I personally have spoken to children who are in child labor and it just breaks my heart a lot of the time um, and so we like in general we're very overwhelmed by sad stories and and bad stories in the news and in the media and so uh when it comes to you know exploitation at work um or what in italy is called caporalato and what you work on um do you have a recent positive story to tell us yeah we have so many so many positive stories we have tens and hundreds of people we have taken out from uh, exploitative labor conditions who are now in far better conditions now in, in decent working conditions yeah we have very very successful story even though the general picture is sad you know but uh our work is uh the the the, the, the aim of our work is helping and assisting and protecting as many workers as possible and that, that happens on a daily basis now we have we have our teams on the field every day every day the people go our teams go to the field every day and they, you can allow me to use the term they rescue people from uh exploitative labor conditions in you know in some cases we talk of slavery like conditions slavery like conditions and uh, rescuing them, getting them out of those slavery-like conditions is a great, wonderful result. And we achieve that quite often, almost on a daily basis. Like we were talking about before, your, your job involves being in close contact with, with migrants um, who are in a very difficult moment of their life. So uh, we already talked a little bit about this, but how do you manage to not only talk to them and connect with them, but also encourage them and make them feel more positive about their situation while still being realistic about their situation? Yeah, the process is a very simple one. No, we, we, we just try to make the... the, the workers be aware of the fact that uh, they, we have laws and ways out of those conditions uh, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be afraid they shouldn't be scared you know? because um 
uh, why workers in those conditions are scared of talking about their condition? Because, you know, we talk of, for instance, of migrants, they believe that uh, if they raise the issue, they can be deported, for instance. No, which is not true at all. No, uh, they, can, they, are, they can be protected. There are protective schemes for them. There are protective umbrellas for those situations, so for the victims of uh, those, uh, those, 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 those uh, dramatic situations. Then when, once they realize that uh, there are ways out and that, that then they can trust our organization. You know? Once the trust is there, then every other thing follows, you know. Do you feel like you, because I'm just thinking, other people that you work with in, in the union, are they also former workers? Are they formerly migrants? Uh, or are they just people that are passionate about this topic for other reasons? No, we have, we have in our union, we have uh, four levels. Now, I'm at the national level. I'm the only migrant at the national, the national level. You know, and uh, in terms of inclusive policy, I think it's a very important signal. Having a migrant uh, in, in charge of an entire department that is very important for our organization. Now we are divided into departments, and I'm head of a department, and at the same time, I'm the the president of our foundation. No? That means uh, our organization believes into inclusiveness. At the national level, I'm the only one. All the others are Italian natives. Then we have the regional levels. And in some regions, we have uh, some migrants who are part of the, uh, uh, the regional bureau of organization. And then we have uh, uh, the county level because it is divided into regions and counties and the municipalities. So we have the county level. Well, we have, um, yeah, we have part of relevant parts of migrants as uh, local staffs. And then we have the very local level with our desk and our local offices. And there also we have migrants from every origin, from Northern Africa, from Sub-Saharan Africa, from Eastern Europe, from uh, the Middle East, from every part of the world. We try to build up a very, a very responsive picture of uh, what inclusiveness means. What role do you think that communication plays in advancing decent work and social justice? Communication has a very, very, very important role. More and more today with the NTIC, uh, the role is the key one, you know. Yeah, they have a very important role in terms of uh, uh, making large audiences uh, aware of the very delicate situation people face. Even the political leaders, you know, uh, the decision makers, have to take into consideration what goes on in the media, you know, because every politician reads the newspaper on a daily basis. He has to read the newspapers, he has to watch the the news, they are connected with the the, the social the social uh, the social media. So once they see that there's kind of pressure from the communication system, then they have to tackle the issue. I recently saw the documentary film, um, which was about the situation of migrant workers in Italy, 
could you maybe tell us about that experience? Uh, I mean, making, being a part of it, being interviewed for it, um, and what you think was kind of the most powerful part of it from a communication perspective. The documentary we're talking about was part of the project. Now, the, the title of the project was, uh, the denomination of the project was Dignita in Campo. That means implementing dignity, enforcing, enforcing dignity in the field uh, as far as uh, the uh, workers uh, facing exploitative labor and illegal uh, labor broken uh, are concerned. And um, I, I, the, the documentary was perfectly, perfectly shot. That is the very, very first thing. You know, it is a very nice documentary. I was just interviewed for about 10 minutes. You know? I had no idea of the quality of the documentary. What I saw it for the first time, I said, wow, this is incredible. This is a wonderful job. You know, now with that documentary, for instance, now imagine the documentary goes to festivals around and people see what goes on the field. That means the documentary is impacting on people's conscience. And that is very, very important. Who or what inspires you to do the work that you do? I get inspiration from all the activists. You know, there are large networks of volunteers around, of activists, people who fight on a daily basis for the rights of all the people who are less lucky. And when you see such people doing what they do, well, you can have a kind of positive reaction saying, yes, I want to do the same. I can, I can contribute to make a change myself. Then maybe I don't have the right qualifications, but I have to be on the field with these people. That's where inspiration comes from. Uh, when you see in Italy, we have thousands of associations supporting people in rough conditions, supporting migrants, supporting uh, handicaps, supporting women, uh, THB victims. When, when you see them doing what they do, because they really believe in what they do, it would definitely, it would definitely influence one and it can lead one to, to, to walk on the same pathway trying to make a change even for one person making a change for one person is already enough it's a good achievement i think that is what inspired most of us what inspired me personally in doing what i'm doing now i will ask you some quick questions what is your favorite part of your job the favorite part of my job is moving around to get in touch with people. What is the last thing that you created yourself or you made from, from nothing? Well, the last thing I created for myself was uh, I organized a strike, migrant strike uh, with a very precise request to the local authorities. And from that strike, well, the local authorities reacted 
So we solved the problems of about 800 people within very short time, people who were in desperate conditions, but within very short time after the strike, the condition was improved. And the government as well said, well, they are right in what they did there. They were inspired by one of our requests that has now been transformed into uh, a platform asset at the national level. That's part of a very huge, important MOU with three ministries. What book would you recommend to communications professionals? I would tell the communication professional to try to go deep into the stories of people. People are not just statistics. They are not just uh, numbers. Uh, everyone has, has a dignity that should be preserved. And when we tell the stories to the general audience, we have we shouldn't we should never forget that we are talking of human beings. We are all born equal into rights. That's what the Universal Declaration states now. But practically, practically, it's as if uh, some people were not born with dignity. So when we tell the stories of these people, when we depict their stories, we have to consider that they are first of all human beings. When we talk, we talk of immigration in Europe, when we talk of immigration in, in Europe, um, some, some, some communication specialists mm, try to consider immigration as a phenomenon. That's all. No? But we talk of human beings, we talk of people, their lives, their present and their future. And that's the most relevant aspect I would I would beg the media to focus on. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Something that I did not ask you or anything that you want to tell the people that will listen? Well, I believe that uh, everyone, every one of us can make a change. And um, we, we, we should contribute in improving our societies and our communities because we are the church makers. Everyone at his individual level can make a change around him. And we should go into that way together. Where can people find you on the internet? Well, I have an account on, on, on Facebook. Then I have an account on uh, profile on, uh, on LinkedIn. I have also an email, you know. My email is very simple. Bilongo at email.it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alexa, and all the best. Have a nice weekend. You too. Happy weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Jean-René speaks with a rare conviction. His heartfelt passion for his job is something that you just don't see every day. It's one of those instances where you can tell that for him, it's not just a job, it's a calling. So here's what will stick with me from our conversation. 
Number one, get out of your office and go talk to people. I think that, especially in the UN bubble, we can become very isolated from the people that we proclaim to be helping. And there are a few ways to fight against this, but the best way is to go quote unquote in the field or whatever that looks like for you. Maybe you need to go to houses of worship or outdoor fruit and vegetable markets or bus stops. Find the places where people gather and start to build trust. Number two, cultivate passion, patience, and perseverance. Becoming a changemaker is about slow, steady progress toward your ultimate goal. You can't lose sight of it when things are difficult or if it seems like you're not moving forward. Like Jean-René said, making a difference, even for just one person, is already enough. It's an amazing achievement. And number three, read and tell human-centered stories. Viewed from far away, people are just groups, statistics, numbers. But up close, you can see all the little details, like their favorite foods, their loved ones, their dreams for the future. Remember the importance of going deep and finding the positive side of every story. Get to know people on a personal level and reflect on our common humanity. I hope that you are as inspired as I am after hearing this conversation. Good luck in your change-making endeavors. Communication is power, so use it wisely. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget you can always find ITCILO on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram at ITCILO or at our website at itcilo.org. If you have a question, you can email us at c4d at itcilo.org. That's the letter C, the number four, the letter D at itcilo.org. See you next time.